I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast is sponsored by Orange Amplifiers and their Tremlord 30 guitar app. A very orange take on a classic, cool 1950s amplifier. It's a 30 watt 112 all valve guitar combo with two foot switchable valve driven tremolo speeds and two spring reverb tank. Everything you need to deliver high quality vintage inspired boutique esque tones in the near indestructible chassis of an orange amplifier. Harking back to tremolos made famous in the 50s, the 12AX7 valve-powered tremolo oozes versatility and depth. With crystal clear clarity and buckets of headroom, the Orange Tremolo 30 is the latest in Orange's run of meticulously designed pin-drop perfect amplifiers. Visit orangeamps.com forward slash tremlord for a detailed overview, sound samples and links to dealers worldwide. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hi, Joe. And Matthew Knight. Hello there. Yes, that's right. Just the three of us this week. And uh, well, it's it's still it's still light on the news, but we've got loads of other uh, cool things to talk about. Namely, and getting straight into it, Matthew Knight. Yes. Um, you bought another amp, expanding the ungiggable rig once more. I yes. thought I thought we were at a point, Matt, where where you were where you were finally we're making it giggable. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought you were slimming it down. It did seem like you were slimming everything down. Well, I've got to say, so I've got this. I've had one amp for a while, so I've had the uh, Morgan PR12 running into the two Zilla 112s, which has been great. That's been fine and dandy. What do you have in the two Zilla 112s? Celestian Creamback, obviously, in one, and I've got an EV uh, EVL12 I think it is, um, which I've had for ages. It came with one of the Morgan I bought maybe eight or nine years ago. It's a really high-powered, super high headroom speaker. Right. Um, basically similar to the Celestian Copperback that we were talking about before, which I'm hoping to get my hands on to kind of A, B, the two. Yes, we um, But actually, funny enough, it's have it mixing two, like a Creamback and an EV is kind of weird because one is super high headroom, super powered, and obviously much louder than the other. That's the EV, uh, right? That's the EV, and then the Creamback is much more like a traditional, quote-unquote, traditional guitar speaker. What do you get Creambacks in normally? Um, I don't think they come in many things as standard. There's a couple of oh. Vox models that came in as standard, I guess. I think Fender what may do you, have done what a, do you get in a Blues, Blues Junior. Junior. What do you get in a Blues Junior normally? Uh, a Jensen, ah. some sort of Jensen. I can't no. remember. Is it a Jensen as standard in a yeah, Blues Junior? Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Because they always do limited edition ones that have Celestians yeah. and things yeah. in them. Yeah, I, I just double-checking now. I'm pretty sure that there have been, a, there have been some... I'm pretty uh, sure there's been some... Um, Creambacks in Blues Juniors. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is a. Cel- mm. I think it's Celestian. I thought it was a Jensen, but maybe not. Maybe it is Celestian. I think Jensen in the tweed ones, if I remember oh, right. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. The lack of tweed. I've got one of them. The lack of tweed. Well, they're fantastic. I, I thought I thought I had a some sort of cannabis thing. Cannabis Rex. Yeah, maybe cannabis I don't Rex. have that. Yeah, there have been there have been a bunch of those. Uh those are really good speakers. They're really kind of 
They're really nice. Who makes the cannabis Rex? Uh, Celeste. <laughs> I'm asking all the questions Ooh, today. Yeah, you're really uh, <laughs> pushing me to the. Uh... So sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I ask. I, I'm asking because I know nothing about speakers. I was thinking about this recently. I have no idea. And sorry, Matt. I realise we've t- we'll, we'll definitely pick up back on your point, but I have no um. No real idea of what the difference you, is between like the cream. You know blue, what we should do, Ruby, who who you know the the, the Ruby uh, Celestians Ruby, is Ruby, sponsoring Ruby, Ruby. this very podcast at the moment. Oh yeah, of course. Well, you know what we should do. Well, basically, Celestian's main office and engineering department is five minutes away from my parents' house. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, Of course, Ipswich. Ipswich. Yeah, they've been made there for like a (laughs) hundred years. I have never been to Ipswich. Mind you, I don't think... Well, I don't think anyone who doesn't live in Ipswich has ever been to Ipswich. It's one of those places. It's not a thoroughfare, I think it used to have quite a popular venue on the old steamboat. The steam, uh, the steamboat, and there was another one as well. Some sort of crazy sports bar near the football stadium. Don't okay. know if you've played oh, what's the, the, They've got a Rams head. The football team is that no. right? No, oh. no. Is it not a sheep? No, no. no? Hmm. Who I am think I thinking Norwich, of? But You're no, thinking I don't of Derby. Ah, oh. uh, Ipswich. Ipswich have got a horse on their badge. Oh, oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, no, you're thinking of Derby. Right. Sorry. Different Sorry, uh, Derby. Different different town, different <laughs> county, different part of the world, really, yes, to be honest with you. And um, sorry, just to cut this back, Blues Juniors, the standard black Blues Junior does indeed have a uh Celestian twelve inch A type speaker. And the lacquer tweed has got a Jensen right. uh C twelve N. And the Pro Junior also has a Jensen C uh a ten inch speaker. In mm. that, of course. Yes, my mistake. Of course, in the uh, standard Blues Junior, it is a, it's a Celestian. Celestian. Yeah. It's a Celestian. So anyway, Matt, you were saying uh, Celestian yes. by Ipswich. So, right. So go back. Yes. So a Morgan uh, PR12. So I've been running that in two um, Zilla cabs, which are obviously two 112s, which is fine. But I'm running into one amp into two speakers. And previously, in all previous versions of the ungiggable rig, I've been running... Uh, wet dry so where you split the signal after the drive pedal so the delays reverbs modulations only go to one side so you're having so your dry is the cream back yes uh no no i'll get to that so um so yeah basically that's how i've been doing it so now i've got this other amp which i'll I'll go in a second i've actually been running wet dry again and i've realized how much of a difference it makes because you can run all the delays modulations reverbs etc much wetter than usual and then you still have much more of a clean signal blended in because you've got one amp that's totally dry um so i'm experimenting at the moment with which speaker combinations sort of work best but you realize that when you split and you're running something with an ev and something with a cream back they sound remarkably very very different right um in a negative way are you finding no it hard well to no i think it's just that they i don't think they necessarily pair i think you need two Creamback style speakers, or what I would say, would, traditional speakers, or would, two very high powered. Right, speakers. so you go for two of the same. Yeah, I think so. Is so there that's any, why is there any value in a subtle difference in going for like a cream back and a? I wouldn't a, run a two of the back? same. No, I wouldn't run two of the same. Okay. I'd run a cream back and, and something else. Um, I have actually got another speaker to try uh, here as well, and I think you've got another. I've got one, one that I'm going to send up to you. Yeah, Celestian have kindly um, lent us. Um, another speaker that I'm going to send up. Yeah, to you. So sorry, just to, just to cut back to something you said there, you wouldn't use two of the same. No, I wouldn't use I wouldn't use two creambacks because use... Joe's right because yeah. you want to have two speakers that are different enough in terms of tone. But when you run something like an EV, which is a 200 watt speaker, versus a creamback, which is like a 70. 70 a 30 watt speaker or something that's designed to break up and has mm-hmm. very very different frequency range uh they they're like almost too conflicting but in a way with a wet dry rig it sort of works which is what i'm sort of messing around with which one and combination sort of works best right because in a way you want the wet amp to yeah not break up but then the amp that I just got, which I'll talk about in a second, it's actually kind of nice to have more of a traditional guitar speaker because it gives you more of that playing back when you dig into it a little bit more. So right, okay. I don't know. I'm sort of having a bit of a play around. But yeah, so the amp that I got sent was by Olsen Amplification. I think I spoke about it very briefly when I went to Fuzz Guitar Show in Sweden. Very briefly. 
in April. You I know, think. they they Olsen posted about this on their Instagram, and uh, I, I saw a, uh, a a post or a couple of posts by people. Oh, Jay, sorry, Jay, Jay, Jay's just throwing his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah, I saw uh, um a couple of people uh, reply to their posts on Instagram because it it is of course Matthew Shell Pink. Yes. Um, so that, I saw a couple of people respond about this amp head being like, oh, this is perfect for guitar nerds. And of course, I, th- I think they genuinely didn't realise that, uh, it, no, it was actually for you. <laughs> it was actually me. And actually, I feel incredibly privileged because not only was it their first pink guitar amp, um, it was actually one of the very first amps of this brand new amp range. Right. Um, so they launched it or had sort of like a preview of it at, at Fuzz and I spoke to... Um, the master builder there, John Olsen, um, about it. And I was like, oh, I've, n- I've never seen them anywhere. And they don't really have distribution anywhere outside of, like, Scandinavian countries. And um, I was like, oh, can you make them in pink? He's like, oh, I'm sure we can do something. And, you know, a bit of back and forth went went by. They closed for the summer, and I sort of didn't really think anything of it. We sort of, like, you know, it happened when it happens. And then all of a sudden it pops up on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, there there it is. And uh, it turned up, and it's obviously been quite a few months since I tried it, plugged it in, and I was way more blown away than I was when I tried it at Fuzz. And I didn't realise until I was just reading it now, because the web page has only just gone up for it. There was no web page until um, a couple of weeks ago, I think, that it was actually designed for one of the guys from Opeth, which I had no really? idea. And I love Opeth. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's amazing, because... Obviously, Opeth being a very like proggy band, go from everything from super clean to super high gain. Yeah, and it and this amp covers all of that without being, without compromising one or the other. And I think that's always amazing because I've never really had an amp with a drive channel that I've liked. And really, this is just yeah. I've, I've always that's a weird thing to amps. say. You, you've you've owned so many amplifiers. Yeah, but so many amps I own are like single channel, like pedal platform amps before i guess pedal platform really became right. the term the standard, that it is now yeah. um but it, it's great it's, t- it's two channel uh t- the channel one is the gain channel or it has more controls as gain volume in a three-way uh tone stack with a high or a low gain then the second channel is just uh treble and bass and then just has a volume on it and then you've got an effects loop with a send and return level, which is really nice because you can actually use that as a boost if you want. comes with the foot switch, um, and that's it, basically. It's nice and simple. It's got an overall presence control. But it is, as they put it, the amp is, you know, it's got a really transparent effects loop, which I've sort of been messing around with because I've not really ever used effects loops before. Like I said, I've always run a clean amp and run everything into the front end. So I'm sort of debating whether I run this as the effects amp and then actually have the the morgan as the dry amp and then maybe use the channel on this as well but yeah it's it's a really versatile little amp and actually it's been really fun to play an amp with gain that i really enjoy um because then you can sort of like ditch the pedal board for a little bit and just kind of plug straight into the amp and what, what did you say oh, uh, went really it, high then what what <laughs> uh it's 20 and what's the morgan uh well it's called PR12 but when i had it serviced it was rating at it was rated at 18 right so very similar but yeah it has uh 412ax7s uh TOR EL84s um so slightly different to what's in the morgan cuz the morgan has 6L6 6L6s no it doesn't have 6V6s in it um so much more okay. like that kind of um princetony sort of type thing uh, this is much more like your kind of voxy sort of british type thing i guess oh awesome um and yeah it it just has got a load of great gain sounds in it the clean sound is great on the second channel where there's no gain you've just got the volume um i absolutely love it i think it's wicked i've only probably had it for plugged it in for a couple of hours but so far i'm like i'm really really digging it i, I noticed it was slightly wider than your uh than your zilla annoyingly cabs. so <laughs> yes very annoyingly um but because obviously zilla were kind enough to make the uh, custom rack case for my um, Space Echo and some of the rack units I've got. It sits nicely on that. So I've got this nice <laughs> rack case with Great. two amps on it and then a, a stack of um, of cabinets. A cabinets. And I'm just like, oh, maybe I should get something to put on top of the cabs. <laughs> um, get like a plant or something. 
Yeah, maybe like some sort of just a bunch of cacti or something. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, um, succulents. But one thing I've realised I'm missing, having tried it the other day, I've really missed my jazz chorus. <laughs> I can't believe you got rid of your jazz chorus. Well, the problem is the JC50 was just far too loud, and <sighs> it was like one of those. It was one of those amps that was like uh, zero to to full blast and then nothing right, in between. Right. So what would you what um, would you get one of the 40s? No, I'd actually get probably get one of the little JC22s. No, that's no use. Well, I guess in your bedroom it's going to be okay. But... Uh, no, I think they're great actually. Like two little 8-inch speakers, 22 watts that's all you need you and you can run it in stereo as well. It's the ungiggable rig, mate. Yeah, yeah like, I'm not going to be gigging it anytime soon. <laughs> How much is a little Jazz Chorus 22 cuz they do look great. I will Google oh, it, this boy. is unbelievable! <laughs> um, I only I only work to euros, mate. I can't. Uh, how small? How how small are they? They are quite small. Like, they're they about are small. the same size as a Blues Junior, I guess. They're like they're a bit oh, wider a than a Blues Junior. They are not. They're not as big as a Blues Junior. No way. They are. They're, they're, they're wider smaller. than eight inch speakers. Yeah, they're they're wider than a Blues Junior, and they're slightly shorter than a Blues Junior. I would say three hundred twenty nine pounds. Oh, that's okay. That's pretty good. It's yeah, pretty, pretty good. I think they're wicked, and it would sit. I think it would sit on top of the. But then, how much is? Very nicely. But then, like a a, a Roland, uh, one of the JC. What's the size up? Forty. JC forty. Yeah, they're what are they five hundred quid, around that. Yes, around the five hundred pound mark. So it's not a lot of money more to Just get something that's, speaker. Yeah, that's I love that because it's actually got stereo ins. And obviously then when you run that, it runs the two speakers in stereo, so one wet and one dry. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe you could run that in stereo and then it would just be some sort of like wet, dry, wet, but with an extra dry speaker. I'm just thinking, wet, you know, wet, really wet, wet. Ooh, wet, wet, nice. wet, 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 wet. You can feel um, that tone in your fingers yeah. and in your toes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, the Little Hill 20 from Olsen Amps was the amp that arrived on my door and it's wicked. Well worth, I'd say well worth a try, but... I think unless you're in some Scandinavian country, I think you might try. Uh, you might try and fail. I think they do one <laughs> one in the year. I was trying to read something at the same you time. Yeah, Finland, really <laughs> Finland, Netherlands, Norway, Denmark, and then 10 dealers in Sweden. And that is it. That's it. Wow. Although it does that one of those dealers does include the awesome these go to eleven, uh, which shop, is store spoke to which is amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Or maybe I'll try and do a little. Well, maybe I'll bring it down and yeah. we'll try and film hopefully something. Hopefully they it. will. Uh, they will eventually get a little bit more global representation. So uh, the other day I um I got a message from um Alpha Male Tea Party guitarist Tom Peters who uh is having to do. He's doing some shows with his band where they've got to fly to these shows. It's the first time. He needs a rig. Well, yeah, he, he a rig to fly with. So he's he's he can obviously bring his guitar. Yeah, his, yeah. He, he can use. But the rest of his rig, he yeah. needs to be able to fly with. I see where you're going here. Yes, Tom Peters was asking me for advice on a fly rig. Oh, okay, because he needs to fly his rig. That's that's fly correct. rig. Although it's not a rig, is it? Because the amp and guitar are sorted out. But basically, he has to he has to deal with effects um, that, where he can't take his. I think it's. I think he built his own board, but it might be. I think it fits into the chassis of a, a pedal train. What was it called? The g- help me out, Matt. One, two, no, pro, no. nano, novo, neo, g. Grande. Gr- Grande. Grande, yes, Grande. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. The enormous one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The so, biggest one. So that's that's kind of the size of his pedal board. And of course we've spoken about fly rigs and things like that before plenty of times and and, and we can definitely recommend fly rigs. Matt, are you on fire? No, you good? I just turned my mic down. But yes, right. I am on fire. Okay, wonderful. Um yeah, so uh where was that? Yeah, so We've spoken about fly rigs and stuff like that before, um, but I think when we speak about fly rigs, we're like, oh, you know, for, for playing a bit of blues or a punk show or something like that, we're always talking about units that are great portable multi-effects, things like the Sans Amp fly rig, but of course that's going to be great for drive, a little bit of modulation and some reverb, maybe a touch of delay, but that's it. Now I'm being asked for a fly rig from someone who, you know, has like pogs on all the time loads of big i love pogs got any tazos in there (laughs) (laughs) loads of big like expansive um delays and 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 
big reverbs doing sort of weird arpeggiating things basically loads of really weird noises all that sort of high sort of you know math rock stuff so i'm like what 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 can you get what can i advise him on that's going to be compact that he can put in a backpack that's going to give him access to at least some of his crazy sounds isn't it an hx stomp no, because the HX Stomp, because he needs to switch between all these sounds as well. And I just don't think the HX Stomp offers okay. that across three foot switches. Well, I, two, because one of them's always assigned to tap tempo. See, I would and do... You can't, just, it, you can't just scroll up and down. Mm, what about I, I Helix, mean, then? Way too big, I, Okay, so it's a fly rig also. So that that's kind of the thing. Is the Helix too big? Well, no, I think it's £750. I think he's doing a handful that's of heavy. shows... <laughs> I think he's doing a handful of shows and he needs something. A fly rig should be something that you can buy on a budget because it's an alternative to your pedal board when you don't have the option of it. Yeah. So it can't be anything like a Helix. Okay. How, so, so how much flexibility? MS3. Well, I mean, well, yeah, that's I, the only other thing. But again, you've still only got three foot switches there. Mm-hmm. See, the MS3 I actually think is a fantastic option. It's still a chunk of money, though. A three at three hundred and fifty quid. It's still a, it's still expensive in comparison to sort of buying a fly rig. But yeah, of course, the MS three is is an is a fantastic option. I was thinking M nine as well. Nine six M nine six foot uh, switches. What about eight, you can have well, three? Pretty chunky though, isn't it? Well, not really. That's, what about HX effects then? I mean, the thing is, again, it's fine. Moon on pounds. a stick here. You've got you, you. You've got to like either go. Well, I'm gonna have to spend. You're gonna have to commit to spending five hundred quid, or you're gonna have to commit to spending not a lot. And exactly. Then maybe getting something I completely agree. Which is why um, I started to think about. Well, what were the multi effects of old? Because that's how you get around this. You buy an older multi effects unit that's going to be much cheaper. So an ME seventy, ME seventy twenty five. Yeah, ME twenty five is a good option. And and yeah, you know the, the what me seventy me eighty is the new one. Yeah, me eighty. Yeah, sorry. Or me me eighty is but a still, wicked pedal as well because it's, it's all good. it's all hands on control, which I I really like because you know there's no messing around with um, I have sort of menus or anything. Yeah, like that. I have always liked that and and favoured those about the me's sort of from early on when when the me's and from Boss and the sort of m five nine thirteen from nine six were about. I did really like that all your rotary controls were always in front of you on the bus stuff. That was really good. The thing about the ME80, which was great, was those cradled foot switches. Um, so w- within one foot switch play- spacing, you actually had two switches. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not that works when you're dancing around the stage, I don't know. Well, but, it's, the, it's the same as the FS7, basically. It's yeah. the same foot yeah, switch design. I guess the I used one of those. Yeah, but the ME80 still... Do you know what I realised the other day? The ME50B is still in production. That's the that's the base version of the Boss ME series multi effects. Yeah, it's still current line. Hold on, what about GT1? Ooh, lots of menu hopping. How many effects? How many buttons do you have? Like Three. two? Yeah, Three. but with all of these, same as MS3, you can add one. Or two FS7s on top of that. I mean, if you add one FS7 onto an or two FS7s onto an MS3, you've got an extra four switches. Then mm, that is that is pretty useful. How much is a GT1? GT1, I think they're like 150 some... quid. Looking on the money. internet, yeah, 148 pounds. So, what do you reckon the best affordable multi effects is? I mean, it it really depends on what it is that you're trying to do. You know, if you need I... all these massive, expansive. Yeah, I think sounds. Then I think it's going to be difficult. Between, if you need to switch between lots of um, crazy patches, then I would say GT for me MS3 because then obviously you can still add in a couple of road effects, especially if there's like specific ones that you need. Um, or GT1, but I actually re- I do really rate ME80. I really love ME8. I think it's a wicked product. It's just that it's a bit more like individual pedals. So you might have to do a little... You can have memories, but there's a little bit more tap dancing involved. But at 199... Is I mean, that how much an ME80 is now? Yeah. Oof, that is, that is a very affordable price. Do you remember when Mark owned one of those? Yeah, for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we did a, we did a podcast with um, uh, with with Jay off from Boss, didn't we, years ago? Yeah. 
about really? yeah, the yeah, 80. Yeah, like, yeah, I was going to say it was 10 years ago, but it wasn't quite that long ago. But yeah, that <laughs> it was, was about six years ago. That was probably 2013. Yeah, yeah. it's probably the start of the original that was that was the start actually, of the beginning of the podcast it has got a ring modulator on it it has got slow gear it's got an octava um yeah it's kind of got those it's got a bunch oh it's got overtone on it so if you want that pog type thing it's got a pitch shifter on there which you can program uh, it's got a pitch shifter on the pedal effects you mean on the foot switch yeah uh, it's uh, you've got pitch shifter on the foot switch and you've got it on the actual expression pedal as well oh, that's pretty good um and I'm pretty you sure know, you had that on the ME70 actually. I th- you could do octave have, up yeah. or octave down. Yeah, and then yeah, you've also got this. Um, you've got Terra Echo on there, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's a wicked little pedal. And then when you get home, you plug it in via USB, use it as an interface for recording. That oh. is really good. I really do like that idea. That is pretty cool, Matt Knight. Uh, this week, you uh, you received something else that was pink. I did, yes. Um, this was actually a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. Um, our friend Mr. Stuart Tate from Tate Effects um, messaged me a few weeks ago. He was like, "Oh, I've, I've got something to send you." I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm like super, super busy, so I won't get it in the office for a few weeks." He went, "That's fine. It's going to take a few weeks anyway." Um, and then when I came back, he was like, "It's done." And he sent me the Antares, his uh, overdrive pedal, um, in a wonderful pink with white knobs and i tell you what i was really keen to try this because obviously there's not a bunch of demos out there and i was really keen to try it for myself because it's i think it's sort of got this sort of sd i've heard a few reviewers say it's got this sort of boss sd1 thing about it which i which i really like but it's got this clean blend control on it so you can effectively dial it's kind of weird it works in reverse so all the way counter clockwise it's no drive whatsoever. It's just 100% clean signal. And then as you turn it up, you blend in more of the drive pedal, basically. Um, and what's great about that is you can actually set a really low gain drive. Yeah. And then dial in loads of the clean. So it just works as this kind of subtle make gooder, basically. But it just adds a nice bit of crunch to your signal. If you want it, obviously, you can just run it as a, a full on boost, but then just add the clean with a tone control. So it's super versatile uh, yeah i completely um, agree i absolutely loved the the antares when we got it i thought having the clean blend was very important and i'm a sucker for a, a drive pedal that is that is low gain that just kind of warms up your tone and and you can use dynamically you can dig in and get more out of it and, and just having that clean blend makes that so achievable yeah and it's it's kind of interesting because when you run a two amp setup or something like that and you get like like I said earlier, you know, you get that kind of push from from one amp more than the other, and it kind of cuts through a little bit more. I think it just helps the drive cut through um, without sort of overwhelming overwhelming signal. But yeah, actually, if you turn the gain almost all the way down, turn the the clean blend, so you're actually only at about twenty five percent of the drive pedal, um, and then use the tone control. It's actually just a really good tone shaping tool to kind of leave on all the time, or as an alternative to kind of a slightly boosted. Um, slightly boosted sort of like clean channel basically yeah, yeah. I, I actually um, think it, it can kind of do all things as well because um we ended up uh my band ended up using it my guitarist used it in um in our last recording when his uh full tone ocd stopped working oh right um and we were able to do a pretty good replication of the ocd uh drive sound with it as well so just a like a great like mid pushed kind of you know pretty pretty aggressive drive sound yeah and it what i really like is it stacks really well with other pedals um and obviously in the esa i can sort of move it around so i've sort of been moving up using it after some drive pedals and before others which has been um which has been really nice but i actually think i prefer running that to running the boost side of the the danon most of the time really it's really good and that's that pedal i've sort of like been obsessed with for the sort of like the last year or so so yeah i'm really impressed need to spend a little bit more time with it i've only had a bit of time today and a bit of time yesterday but i absolutely I, so far i think it's wicked that paired with the with the ulsan amp is um brilliant just as a boost in front of the drive channel and they match they match in color they do they're the exact same color which is great (laughs) and i'm so glad that the amp actually matches the um cabs properly because i've i've had a couple of amps where you know reds haven't matched or greens haven't matched or something like that so i'm I am incredibly pleased that they they all match perfectly, which is wicked. And so your pink obsession continues. 
Indeed. Indeed. Let's uh, let's do some news. First up, Jay Cross. Um, we whenever we talk about exclusives, we always talk about exclusives for America, but not today. Yeah, so quite interestingly, out of the blue, Hofner, a brand that we uh, we really like and we talk about uh, fairly infrequently, yeah, I would I mean, say, yeah, it's really not enough. Um, have uh, just announced that they are going to be doing a run of UK exclusives. So very sorry to everybody outside the UK. Um, some very thins, which is really, really cool. Now, if you've never played a Hoffner Very Thin before, you might be surprised to discover just how very thin they are. <laughs> it's very thin. They, the thing about the very thin is it's, it's called a very thin, yeah? And I know that it is very thin. Mm. However, every time I pick up a very thin, I go, bloody hell, this, this is, is very, very thin. thin. <laughs> 1.25 <laughs> inches. I mean, that's mad. That's, it's, it's, it really is very thin they don't you know they're not they're not uh they're not messing about here but they sound great i've always really liked them i think they're really cool so for people who don't know they're kind of like a uh it's a 335 style guitar um they are uh, they were traditionally made in germany i believe yeah and they still are uh they still have a lot of production in germany so you generally when you see a very thin they are quite expensive you know, you're unlikely to see one for kind of less than a grand. Well, or so. they have a they have a Chinese production model as well, right. which okay. is like seven nine nine, okay, or something okay. like that. But but it we, they it rarely actually rarely makes it onto the shelves. Yeah, well, these ones are really stripped back, so it's a uh, you you can get them in black stain or dark stain, which looks kind of like a mahogany like a rich mahogany uh if you will and um there's no dots on the on the fingerboard whereas with traditionally uh very things would have kind of big block inlays uh it's all kind of fairly stripped back i, I mean i really like the look of it but this the thing is that the really gets me dot of well, the thing that gets me is it's they're 325 quid oh that's that's, yeah, that's, great that's very cheap affordable yeah i mean like no binding on the neck no block inlays the headstock looks loads simpler because there's no binding on that yeah um chrome tuners instead of any sort of pearl things yeah and and the finishes look really stripped back they remind me yeah. of like how uh, Gibson do do the, their entry level Les Pauls the uh, whatever it's called studio the, is it they call them the studio? Do you mean the faded L- faded LPJ- yeah, oh, yeah. Faders. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the LPJs as well all yeah. of that stuff is that kind of finish where it looks like they've put a bit of you know Ronsil garden fence paint on it yeah yeah totally I mean it is very basic but they're three hundred twenty five quid I mean Absolutely. you kind of uh, the, they are what you kind of suspect them to be so I mean I think these look fantastic I'm I'm big into these i'd really like to see them i can't see where they're where they're being sold though it says that they're uk exclusive i did a quick uh a quick search on the internet and couldn't turn anything up hmm. so uh yeah not sure where where they're being uh sold exclusively but uh very very cool and very nice to see a company like hofner doing something at kind of that entry-level price point yeah as well. awesome what a what a, an absolutely cracking guitar matthew knight on the subject of hollow bodies yes that's that segue sort of that was a great thank you segue thank you on the uh, subject of um hollow bodies talk to me about prs silver no no uh, talk to me (laughs) about (laughs) um about the gibson chris cornell yes um so not the first time this guitar has surfaced this is actually the second run of um chris cornell's i think the first one was well, way, way it was back a few in years ago. See, this Gak is the thing. It's definitely now. still when we were at Gak. Yeah. So when yeah. I saw this, I was like, he was... But "This has already happened, right? This is already out." Yeah, I think. Um, well, I mean, he, the first range obviously came out when he was um, obviously still with us. So this is kind of the um, they officially unveiled it earlier this year um, at a tribute concert to Chris Cornell, and I think basically they've actually been incredibly. Um, popular and they've just done a very very limited edition signature um to basically raise funds for his foundation basically right okay um which i really really like so that's as far as i can tell the specs 
are the same. Uh, they'll be sold worldwide through authorised Gibson dealers and the pre-sale. So what are, um, the, what are the specs for listeners that didn't see them the first time around? So... Um, they, unfortunately, personally, I'm not a massive fan of the colour. Uh, you you of all, take that back. <laughs> the colour of drab olive green. Oh, I just think if they'd yes. given it a better name, I would have been slightly um, See, into it a little bit more. Chris but... Cornell's foundation is going to be helped out here. Because yeah, that is in, true. In, that the, is true. in the best movie of, uh, of last year, A Star is Born, um, uh, what's his name? What's, what's the guy's Hugh name? Hugh Jackman. No, <laughs> the other one. The, yeah, the <laughs> other one. Um, Hugh Jackman was in one. that other one with singing, not, wasn't he? Not Hugh Jackman. Oh, it's, it's going to kill me. <laughs> what the great Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Wiggins. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper is playing not that guitar, but it is also in Drab Olive Green. Right, okay. Um, and it is like a 335, but his has humbug. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Chris. But, you know, everyone's going to want to so look like... he's playing a green guitar is what you're saying. He's playing a green hollow-body Gibson... Okay. With humbuckers, and he's Bradley Cooper. Yes, that's true. He is Bradley Cooper. Yeah, you're right. 2012 was the original one. So, yeah, go. seven yeah, years so quite, on. Some quite quite some time ago. Um, and as far as I can tell, yes, this one is um, effectively the same. So, limited to 250 pieces. Oh, um, damn it. Basically, 335. So, pretty much standard 335 spec. Um, you know, three ply maple, poplar maple top and back, um, spruce bracing, maple center blocks, so everything you'd expect normally from a 335. Dark rosewood fretboard. Um, the difference has come as it's got a Bigsby B7 on it um, for a fun little bit of trim action. Uh, clear um, volume controls and then. Most importantly is the pickups uh, because they have aged aged finish Lolotrons. So very, very Gretchy in terms of its vibe. Drive really nicely. Um, so, yeah, quite a very, very different guitar. Nice fitting tribute to um, Chris Cornell. And he actually did play these guitars as well, which was really, really nice. Oh, very um, cool. That was his signature, obviously, before for his passing so um yeah exact to his spec and actually i remember them in the shop and it being a very very good guitar and selling out very very quickly yeah and with 250 pieces i guess it would do it again yes I still i can't so. believe you don't like that color yeah i mean actually it's, it's a bit of a weird one i think because it's that kind of satin finish i think it would age really really nicely uh fresh out of the box it feels a bit too new i think it needs a little bit of sort of um, heavy playing yeah bit of a kind of really, really weird. this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast is sponsored by celestian and their brand new ruby alnico guitar speaker purpose built to create rich beautiful vintage tones the ruby oozes a richly musical warmth with mellow highs and a smooth sophisticated mid-range that always seems to sound just right the classic Alnico speaker shape and lush, deep red colour ensures Ruby really looks the part in your cab and guarantees that no one could possibly mistake this remarkable new guitar speaker's family history. 
Check out Celestian's new Ruby at retailers including Lean Business in the UK, Tube Amp Doctor in Germany, Algam in France, Eco Music in Italy, Ebeloud in Spain, plus Gear for Music, Toman and The Backshop. And in the USA, you can buy through retailers like Sweetwater, Musicians Friends, AMS, Pass Express, Loudspeakers Plus, and of course Amazon. And for more details, check out Celestian.com. So Reverend have released a series of exclusives with Chicago Music Exchange. They are just new colours and all um, all for the for the same guitar, the double agent, uh, which is which is kind of there. It's like a an offset. It's it was almost there. Now they do do a telecaster shape, it's almost almost their sort of version of a telecaster before they started doing a telecaster shape. So it's yeah, I don't know. Telecastery juniory that sort of thing but it's, it's a lovely looking body shape it's definitely one of their one of their better models and the colors that they have released are vivid avocado mulberry <laughs> mist and coral that's right so the uh the uh vivid avocado um is it is kind of like a lime green um yeah, I guess I, I, I guess that's the best way. It's sort of an old, an off lime green coral. It's actually seventies bath, basically. Uh, yes, or exactly that. No, no, that. exactly that. It's uh, yeah, it's um, it's oh, oh sorry about that. You was, do that all the time. I was just taking a photo to share it into the groups <laughs> because I realise I'm the only one with a press release. But yeah, there's the it's uh, it definitely looks like an old seventies bathroom. Um, and yes, it does. Yeah. And then yeah, the coral is lighter. Coral, and, and, Coral, I would think that go after uh, um, these Fender. Uh, what's the what's the Fender color? The off red, salmon the off pink, Fiesta, Fiesta red. red. Oh, Fiesta God. red. Yeah, I'm okay. losing my mind today. Yeah, but this is much lighter, much more a straight sort of pink finish. And then, of course, Mulberry Mist is burgundy mist, the best color of all time. It's also the only one that comes with a taut guard. But you get a lovely P90 and the neck humbucker in the bridge. Um, situation baked maple on on all of the guitars and a matching headstock on the Mulberry Mist model, which is you know of course in line oh, with how wicked. a lot of the Burgundy Mist ones appear. Yeah, I mean I really like the Reverend stuff. I have to say when I saw these three guitars together, I I was I was not into this sort of idea like seeing you know a purple an off pink and a weird lime green sort of... I already find the Reverend body shapes quite in your face, coupled with these sort of less traditional colours. I really wasn't into no, it. I but think I think they're wicked. Actually, it's worth pointing out that um, guitar.co.uk, which is a Reverend dealer, I think based in Scotland, have been posting a lot on Facebook um, because I think it appears in the Facebook group quite a lot. Um, they are constantly ordering limited models in pink. The Reverend colour is <laughs> shrimp pink. Is that um, what they the, call it? In shrimp pink, yes. And at the moment, they've got the Jetstream 390LE in foam shrimp pink. Um, yes, yeah, so and not just shrimp pink, foam shrimp. Foam shrimp. The best sweets ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know if they're vegan. Um, uh, they won't be. No. They won't be. Um, they got, they're, is, they're made of shrimps, mate. They're made of real Of course, shrimp. they're made of shrimp. Um, so that their jet stream is the kind of Mustang-like. I want to say Mustang offset like with Trem, but three P90s. Um, it looks absolutely wicked and an amazing guitar for 799 as well. So if you're in the UK and you want a pink Reverend, um, that's definitely an exclusive worth checking out as there well. There does seem to be a lot of Reverends in Scotland. They seem to have really uh, nailed I, that, that I think that they're the only. The I think they're one of the only dealers in the UK doing Reverend, actually. Uh, what, uh, uh, Reverend uh, uh, at Anderton's, they're at... Um, Merchant City, which is also in Scotland. That, that is uh, actually, I've just realised because I couldn't think of the Merchant City is guitar.co.uk. Right. Um, if I remember rightly, it is. Oh, it is. I didn't yes. realise. And uh, and what's the other one that's opposite Merchant on on the same street in Glasgow? Is it because they also Kenny's? do it's guitar, guitar or is it guitar guitar? And they also do. They're reference. all kind of near each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, yeah, and actually, I watched the Premier Guitar sort of video with um, Greg Cock on his signature, and I'm really into that guitar. I think it's wicked. It's just the, but it is the most expensive one in their range. It's like thirteen hundred quid, but I think the Fishman pickups add quite a lot to that price. Matt Knight, talk to me about PRS Silver Skies. 
Yes. So the guitar that uh, everyone loves to hate um, or hates to love, maybe. In your case, Joe, I know how much it's your favourite. I mean, uh, the PRS JM1 was the John Mayer signature guitar, I'm sure most people know. Uh, and in NAMM uh, this year, they actually released a bunch of new colours. But for some people some stores out there that isn't good enough you know they don't want this kind of vintage vibe brand new guitar they want it to be old as well uh so guitar sanctuary over in the us have decided to relic the uh silver sky it's a bold move it is a bold move and actually do you know what it it, it just on a side note what it made me think of is there was uh the dj dead mouse right bought a ferrari and had it done in pink and called and had the um hello kitty or something on the side and called it a ferrari right and then got a cease and desist from ferrari being like you can't do that you signed a contract when you bought the car being that you can't modify the car because then it's not a ferrari because right, they're very okay. particular about their ip their their brand image right and i wouldn't be surprised if prs shut this down at some point <laughs> because obviously that it's very I know that people offer relics on guitars and stuff, but this so I just I don't know, mate. It's not PRS's thing at all. They've never done relic guitars. Um, obviously, if you want a relic PRS, you've basically got to buy a secondhand one. But uh, even when you look at secondhand ones, they're they're really well loved. They're not kind of like beaten up in any way. And the V12 finish that they're kind of finished in is actually really hard wearing, but obviously has that kind of nitro feel. To is kind it of is, is nice the Silver Sky Nitro? I thought it was Poly. No, no, they're, they're V12, which is their own... Well, from when I remember working in a guitar store, V12 is their own custom finish, which is designed to be hard-wearing like Poly, but breathe like like a nitro, oh, basically. Very smart, very smart. Um, so, yeah, so Guitar Sanctuary are basically offering relict versions, or there was a relict version on their website. Um, so that was the kind of candy apple red. Yeah, uh, I was it's... just actually trying to have a read on that. I mean, I actually think it looks pretty good um i think the only thing is the scratch plate looks still really quite new well it's because um, it, they've gone for a white plate rather than it being like parchment or mint well or i think like they that. have a white plate as standard but i'm guessing that the plate would need to be custom cut because it's obviously not just a normal um yeah strat style like one. strat style plate that would go on there not much on their website um in terms of what you can get and there's actually Bizarrely enough, I don't know if they've just got one that they've relicked and then they've sold a relic or whether they're actually offering the relic as a as an option. Um, I think they'd probably be have to be very, very careful to offer that as a as an option. Add four hundred dollars onto your purchase if you want the guitar relic. However, could be a viable business for um for some guitar stores, maybe if you're offering that. It's, as a, a, it's just a bit of a weird brand to get partnered with relicking. Like when, well, whenever, thing, whenever you think, think of PRSs, I think of people who look after guitars who would even want to get like chips and dents repaired and things like that. They're they're definitely a the the sort of instrument that you keep. Yeah, you know, I, I think you know, like I said, I think because obviously when they designed the the sort of JM one, the idea was that you've got you know, uh, 7.25 fretboard. You've got these really kind of vintage pickups. You've got that kind of vintage playability, but it's a modern built guitar using modern techniques. Um, but I guess, you know, some people do kind of want it relic and the look and feel of it. I mean, you wouldn't relic a, you know, uh, you know, like a private stock. Yeah. And then go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to spend 10 grand and have this amazing piece of like bird's eye, like burl. And then I'm going to have like a, swamp mahogany body and then yeah just like relic it i think this one is just it, it the, the body shape and design kind of lends itself to that a little bit um, i mean at the same time matty you you know you you maybe would think the same thing about les pauls for example but think about how you know those those old tom murphy les pauls were always true. were always really popular when they were raised and you know fender relicking is always really popular and I, i'm sure that there is a there is a, a a crossover point between people who want these guitars and want them to look old um in in the same way as there is for for most guitars i just think nobody's yeah. nobody's tried it and i i wonder if uh i i don't know anything about this shop but i wonder if this is something that they have been doing they've been offering as a service you know for a period of time lots of shops offer um you know kind of aftermarket guitar luthiery or guitar modifications 
and that's all that this is really you know a bit of relicking so i wonder if this is something that they have been offering as a as a service for a long time and they've just decided to kind of use this guitar as a as a showpiece to show off what their kind of in-house techs can do you know yeah i'm just i'm because i'm just trying to do a little bit more reading so the first because honestly 400 quid for that for um, an age an aging process doesn't seem too expensive if you ask me but they they basically say here introducing uh the prs jm1 john man signature we had this one in horizon custom age to give it more vintage vibe feel and tone which doesn't really tell you much about how it was done um yeah so i'm just it's a rare thing itself so i don't know it doesn't really kind of they can't really find a lot more information about it but i'm assuming like you say that they've paid someone to do it who maybe works for the store and it's an an option that they're going to uh they're going to offer have you ever bought anything relic may have i bought anything yeah I've, I've had custom shops obviously relic custom shops before and fenders but i don't know it just it feels so much more natural on a fender i mean i like the gibson relics don't get me wrong but the fender i think it's just cause i'm so used to custom shops more than anything because obviously we were doing way back in the you know GAK days we were doing uh, relic custom shops way before Gibson started offering a lot more of the kind of made to measure and, and relic stuff as well yeah sure yeah but but you've purchased you've purchased a, have, a relic what what did you I buy have. oh is it that Telecaster no I've had I really should try and list down everything I've owned and I really wish I'd done that from the start but my first custom shop was a Greg Fessler master designed 1964 Strat in gold sparkle based off page 64 from the what's what's that Jay you might remember what's that really famous Strat book there um, you've obviously got Beauty of the Burst which is the really famous Les Paul one and there's an equally famous hard to get hold of book on vintage fenders i think it was a japanese only book oh i don't know mate oh i have to try and remember what it was called basically because i've got a copy of beauty of the burst um and yeah there's a really famous uh book that basically a lot of the master builders uh you know some time ago used as the inspiration for a lot of the modern day custom shops basically and yeah that was my first ever guitar that like custom shop guitar and that that was a, a wicked instrument so i don't really know why i sold it probably sold it for another custom shop in fact i'm pretty sure i did sell it for a different custom i shop. didn't realize that uh that gold strat of yours was a custom shop i thought it was just an old strat no no it was a yeah that custom shop in fact i think i sold that to buy the Esquire. Ah, which you then Maybe. sold to buy that rubbish 70s Telecaster. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at how worse those I, guitars got I, over time. <laughs> I, I, I peaked and then just, like, slipped off the top of the mountain. Yeah, that, that is what um, you did. But, yeah, I wish I could remember the name of this this uh, Fender book, actually. If I remember it, yeah, I'll I can't, try and... I can't um, remember. I just had a quick Google, and I couldn't see what it was called. No. Yeah, it was... It was I remember talking to obviously the custom shop rep at, at Fender about it, and basically no one's really actually got a copy of it. Is it just um, like you you can only get it as a PDF or something? You can only now not officially get it as a PDF. Right? Okay. <laughs> but okay. Uh, it was an official book that, if I remember rightly, only came out in Japan. Okay. It was a very very limited book, and it was um, all of these kind of vintage Fenders. Um, before vintage was really a thing i think the book came out in the 80s um and then that's what a lot of like greg fessler and and all those guys used as inspiration for the kind of the time machine series and then obviously what became a lot more of the the standard relic guitars that we we know now Hmm. all right just remember the name of it (laughs) So on a slightly more affordable note, uh, this week Epiphone have launched uh, a dozen or so uh, limited edition. This is the age of limited edition stuff this year at the moment. But a load of limited edition Pro Series and Light models. And some of them are really cool. Now, Epiphone release loads of extra stuff all the time. And they they obviously do limited edition runs of everything. There's always a new signature model. There's always something new coming out every week. But... I kind of think that they've nailed it with this one. This time, rather than it being the top end of Epiphone, which can be, you know, 650, 700 pounds, which is a lot of money to part with, you know, something with Epiphone on the headstock. I know that's, you know, that's not 100% a cool thing to say, but still, you know, it's, it's the top end of the price point that I think that brand can stretch to. 
This time they've released a load of cool, interesting, slightly different models for, you know, what, what is essentially their, their affordable line of guitars. Um, and a couple of things, I wouldn't normally talk about these, but a couple of things really caught my eye as being unusual, but really cool and really a chance to own something, you know, for change of 400 quid that's kind of cool and different and interesting. So the G400, which is the, the Epiphone version of the SG, um, they've released in, and, and, and bear with me, a, uh, a sort of lightly flamed navy blue with gold hardware. That sounds terrible, <laughs> but it actually looks fantastic. It looks really cool and regal, and and it looks it it, it looks way more than three hundred and fifty pounds. Obviously, you know all, all the Epiphones are all going to play pretty well. They're they're fine. They're perfectly good, serviceable, affordable guitars. I just thought kind of flamed navy gold hardware SG for three hundred and fifty quid was a. Uh, was a bit of a, a bargain. They also do it in like a heritage burst, same thing, gold hardware. Guys, I think I'm getting into gold hardware. Joe, <laughs> I think you maybe need to take a step back and look at yourself. We're wearing exactly the same clothes, Jay. We are wearing the same <laughs> outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking yeah. good, mate. Yeah, good, yeah. good stuff. Thanks. Thanks, I man. still mean internally, you know. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah, I, I, I tell you what, recently, really into Les Paul Customs. And I think that's why. Les Paul Customs, like Black Black Beauty, Les Paul Customs. Three pickups? Yeah, it doesn't have to, but yeah. It's too, too many. You realise that, well, right? Yeah, if they did one with one, I would maybe like that. But I kind of like the sort of overcompensation of three pickups. It's sort of like saying, I don't care. I'll have as many pickups as I want. We were talking about it in our little um, secret chat earlier today. Yeah. The, the you know, the few of us. And... Were we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the fact that none of us can remember. How oh, wired. yeah, that's right. What, which what what pickup configuration? Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought it was just neck, middle, bridge. Yeah. But then, you know, that wasn't all, that wasn't the consensus. I I do seem to remember that there were there there have been some where maybe you blended in the middle pickup I mean, off the bridge. That I, sounds like a much more usable way of doing it. It does seem unusual to me. Yeah, it's neck mid it, neck. Middle and bridge, and then bridge. So the middle is never used exclusively, and the middle is only used in I, one was, of. The... I was sure that the, the middle was never used exclusively, but Jay's no, right. I'm yeah, sure I never. remember some where the tone control was also a volume. That's cool. That I would like that. That would the be tone cool. control was also a volume. What a so went... was a so... volume? Sorry, instead of a instead of a tone. So does that mean that when you're in the middle position, the neck? Tone. No, as far as I remember, I remember seeing one where it was like a normal Les Paul. So neck, neck and bridge, bridge. But then the what was the bridge tone control was actually a volume control for the middle pickup. So in any position, you would then blend in the middle pickup. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, all, all I want really... Is gold hardware now? Right. Okay. Good stuff. On on, on everything, a- anything. On everything. Well, just maybe on ev- maybe on strats too. Maybe it does work on strats now. Basically, I what now you, like what are you gold using hardware most of the time now. Jazz basses. In which which what's your like your number one bass? Uh, it's a Sunburst jazz sixties jazz bass. Okay, with, cool. So what you're saying plate. is you want to put gold hardware on a. 60s sunburst oh maybe i do that sounds joe that sounds awful maybe no maybe it's a good idea it sounds brass bridge Mm, yeah (laughs) i mean anyway matt i just don't think there's any hope for him i think he's gone it's cool it's cool so this range you can get there are three different sgs in like a heritage cherry (laughs) there's like like the flame blue and there's like a slightly flamed cherry all with gold hardware and it looks wicked it's a listener. I want to. Who likes gold hardware? Go onto the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum and tell me if you like gold hardware. And here's a thing in this Epiphone range, they also do a white um, gold hardware Les Paul Custom. I think I found my spirit animal. And I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Les Paul's with gold hardware. I think cool. I'm there. What are you going to do? Just sell everything? Just buy that? Maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah maybe idea. I'll, maybe I'll get one. Maybe I'll find, you know, like a, a, a Japanese version of it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
I remember what that book was called. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did a little bit of Googling. The Galaxy of Strats. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. The Galaxy of Strats, which was actually written by the same guy that did The Beauty of the Burst. So it is all in Japanese. So unless you can read Japanese, it's just pretty pictures. I can read pictures. But it uh, features 89 guitars from 54 to 71, and I think came out in the late 80s or early 90s, so way before the kind of massive... Um, sort of vintage boom and it really goes into detail about how guitars relic I mean that's the great thing about the beauty of the burst book is it tells you how when they were finishing guitars from 58 to 60 how different colours fade differently under different UV lights and how you know you get things like lemon burst and all of that stuff now as well so it's a book I've been meaning to get for ages and actually you can import it via Amazon but it's uh, £53 so a small price to pay for, you know, the height of geekery. Yeah, I think uh, I think maybe I will treat myself to such a book. Now, we are uh, actually coming up to time on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, but Jay Cross, you have one more piece of news for us, which I actually added to the news and then removed. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Well, But, but you've uh, added it back in, yes, so let's uh, talk was, about it. At some point during the podcast, I was uh, you were talking, rabbiting mm. on about something, yep. and I got very bored and so i just started looking on the internet and i found that uh, i can't believe you've skipped over this this well, is the most interesting piece of news it's maybe this year because of the price tag well that's fine basic this is one for this is one for the matt knights okay uh, the matt the matt knights in the audience right. uh the lovers you know um layla have released uh, a new version of their of their little jewel um switcher which is their new ABY, well, it's not new, it's a, it's a switcher we've been going on about for a really long time. It's super, super versatile, and they've released a new version, which is the Little Jewel 2. So the Little Jewel 2 can be used in a number of ways. You can, uh, it's an ABY, so A, B, or A, a and B. Um, the outputs can be used uh, to go towards two different amps or, uh, you know, an amp and a, a desk or an amp and a computer so that you can run concurrently um they uh this is it's passive which is really interesting uh because i'm pretty sure that the old ones were active i'm although i'm not 100 sure on that matt sounds like he's about to correct me i think they were passive okay right okay i remember rightly i think that's their kind of deal with those is that they were very very good i think you still needed a mains adapter because you needed to have the lights the come on yeah. you have to power the leds in some way yes but, and uh i can't remember where i read it but i did see somewhere on here that it uh where is it oh no there was a really fantastic description of the of the leds it was like oh where is it uh high really... intensity high intensity leds Ooh, wow that that's i don't like high intensity leds high intensity leds yeah you, you want to be the highest intensity per person I had a in the pedal on my board and i had to take it off because it was too bright when it was on right so i couldn't see the, the controls other pedals. to manipulate them if i needed to when Just it was on stick a bit of masking tape over the light I should have done that I that looked cool as well yeah. you know oh, yeah or uh, plaster no maybe light. a plaster yeah a little plaster a little band-aid little ankle um plaster. but yeah anyway you're right this is expensive it's like 300 and something quid yeah Uh, i can't find find the price now but um the layla stuff is great it is oh it's amazing three three four nine usd so uh yeah it's not cheap but the layla stuff is really really high quality and And what i like as well is it is it also accepts trs yes it does so uh yeah you can output um the optional signal can be balanced trs or xlr which is really nice for people like double bass players or anyone using a pickup that is not a traditional sort of guitar out of a quarter inch um and actually what's really clever about these is obviously they use a nice little microcontroller um for the switching so it's super quick and super silent which i really like lovely very cool well that is it for us here on the regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, we're going to be continuing over on the Patreon, where this week we're going to be answering some questions from the Facebook group. And what? those idiots? Uh, only a couple. We're okay, also good. going to be talking about. I hope you vetted them. Yeah, yeah, I vetted okay, them. Okay, good. And we're going to be talking about this cool article that I read in Guitar World magazine. Anyway, how to count to eight? Yeah, that that was it. 
going to Patreon. I've interrupted my <laughs> thing now. Where for as little as one dollar a month, you can support the podcast. One dollar a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. Although those adverts you heard this week were lovely, weren't they? Unless you are listening to this on the Patreon, in which case you didn't hear any adverts. But, you know, get in touch and I'll just, you know, I can send you the adverts for you to listen to separately. Oh, anyway, that might fine. be nice. Yeah, that, Maybe you should do that. Just uh, set up a separate RSS feed. I'll show them what they're missing. Yeah, absolutely. If they didn't pay. Someone what? did Someone did comment about that in the group. I don't know if you saw that. Robin yeah. Smith did, yeah. did say, oh, wow, I didn't realise there was like good adverts. Yeah. I yeah, thought it was just point. like... I'm going to try and get some worse companies to advertise with us because at the moment they're all quite good. What? <laughs> when you say worse companies, what do you mean? Like like betting companies? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Um, Foxy Bingo. Bang. Yeah, Silic Bang, like... Silic Bang, high quality products there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. What not. was that geezer's name? I can't remember. Bang and the oh, oh, Barry, Scott. Barry Scott. Barry Scott. You're right. Maybe, maybe like a company that make those foam things that go in between your toes to spread your toes out when you're painting them. Yeah, okay, that sounds vile. Yeah, I'll, I'll find something <laughs> like that. Five dollars a month gets you the Patreon episode and loads more, and ten dollars a month makes you an executive producer and gets your name sung. In a in a lovely tune, we've had uh, we've had new Patreon backers this week, so I had to record a whole new damn song. But, oh, uh, that is really yeah, that, yes. that's really nice. Really inconsiderate that's, that's them. Actually so fantastic. That's, that's the new thing that's really annoying <laughs> You've now. It's not it that it makes day. it harder ah. for me. <laughs> it's that every More time, time someone adds, I've got to record the whole thing again. Oh, that's good. Uh, that also, I think, what we. Oh wow. Gary Patillo, Mark is out, Katawaki, Robert Bastow, Stephen Burke, Robert Butterworth, Neil Minton, Marin Peters, Stuart Robson, Jeffrey Wax, Joshua Mitchell, Christian Lund Hansen, John Pearson, John Mayer, slowly burning in his unseen room, Zach Melton, Keith that of Steve Ferguson, Eric Fowle, Andy Joyce, John Engel, Adam Royce, Chris, Jake Cutler, Robert Cousins, Rob Gould, Scott Hamilton, Tucker Abaddon, Ernie Cooper, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Hench, Rob Grant, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Henry James Baker, Juan Correa, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Andrew Good, Jane Kent, Jake Gray, Matt Fenemy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Chris Allen, Low set hands ads, Robert Smith, Derek, Rich, Chris Connors, Robert Novick, Watson, Ned, Bentley, Steve Merkel, Michael McVeigh, Gardas Mancha, Annie McKenzie, Brad Page, Blair Tom, Scott O'Brien, Laurie, Amsters, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Moo Gravit, Phil Thompson, Edwin Day, <laughs> Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Scott Change, Ron Arbo, Christopher Woodman, Comfortson, the Patreon Executive. We also maybe need to get to a point where if if at any point, you know, as the month rolls, we haven't had any new backers, maybe we need a volunteer to drop out for a month so that you still have to record the song again. Oh, yeah, that would be... I problem. suppose you could just beep someone's name out, though, couldn't you? Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm absolutely doing that. If you drop out now, listeners, yeah, your, your name's going to get beeped. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, you can follow us on all the, the social media platforms at, at Guitar Nerds or join us on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. That's it for this week. We'll be continuing over on the Patreon for more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Thanks, gang. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.